Beardy and the Beast Media Club. This is placeholder intro song. Thank you for joining us for the Beardy and the Beast Media Club, a full spoiler discussion into a beast of media. We have already put in motion your acceptance of those spoilers. If you enjoy what we do, please give us a like and a share, or join us at the discussion in the comments or at our Discord. My name is Drew, and F him and his palm frites, Devin. <laughs> Today we'll be discussing 2009's crime drama, Law-Abiding Citizen. So Devin, was this masterfully constructed, or was it a bomb? Oh, I think it was decently constructed. Um, there are definitely some things that made me go, what, really? Mm. Um, but I mean, overall, I enjoyed the film. Of course, this, this is one that I had seen previously, and knowing me, I had forgotten pretty much everything about it. Uh, so I got to experience it for the first time again. But... <laughs> There was a few pieces that were disharmonious to me. All right. It's like the the acting was top-notch. The script was really good. Um, the special effects were fantastic. But it's like... It's almost like they weren't meshing together. Uh, yeah, there's something... There's something a, a bit off with it. I don't know... All right, I'm just going to start with a few with a few of the things I saw that made me go, this isn't quite meshing. Mm. And, and, and let, let's see if we can explore through this. Okay. So we, we've watched a few other um, quote-unquote revenge-type films. Yes. Uh, now. So, I mean, they did kind of the same thing. They were like, oh, he's a tinkerer, okay. And then you find out, it's like, oh, no, he is like the spookiest of spooks. In just this throwaway scene, and I'm kind of like, yeah, uh, don't think you needed that. Um, just being the tinkerer would have made sense, especially considering he waited like what 13 years to actually get any of said revenge. Mm -hmm. Um, well, I guess to just kind of expand upon that, they could have replaced that whole spook part with them talking to some type of therapist. And that therapist saying, like, no, this is a deeply intelligent man um, who, I, I don't know what the, the exact line would be, but it would be something like, yeah, ch chess is to him like checkers uh, would be for you. Something like yes. that. Yeah. Um, I think that would have fit a bit better. Um, I almost feel like that line was there to explain the military tech, which felt so out of place with everything else he was doing with the, with the little drone and the machine gun and RPG. I mean, given his, given his intelligence and his know-how he, and his ability to like manipulate shipping records and things like that. Yeah. He would, him obtaining that's not out of the question. Yeah. I think he could get that equipment or even construct it. Uh, yeah. Well, maybe not the machine gun and RPG, but you know what I was saying. Yeah. Um, yeah. But you might be right. It might be just to help explain that military tech. Yeah. And then it was there was a couple of points that that stood out to me as odd, and like they almost tried to explain it almost as I asked the question, but it never quite felt satisfying. Mm. So. For example, they talk about having an accomplice. And then like, oh, the people that I figured would be could have been an accomplice somehow are like immediately killed off. I'm like, okay, well I guess it's not that. Um You you thought it was Sarah too, right? Yes. Yes. hundred <laughs> percent. I'm like and, and like I had to go back and like, okay, well technically Sarah was there before this trial, but he's also see shown as a guy who has influence and yeah, no, I totally thought it was Sarah, and I totally thought Chester. Yeah, Chester was, was yeah was him, and they just ruined it. And I even when it's like I didn't see a body. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, kind of uh, like a Squid Game situation. Yeah. Uh, so so there's that, and then it's just I I get his game plan, but I don't get his game plan. 
so I mean, part of this is okay. Let's show how bad the the legal system is. And I'm going, it's like, okay, so I'm going through my mind. It's like, well, what if he did try and got off and they both got off? Would you be doing the same thing? And he kind of did throw in. It's like, oh no, because at least then he would have tried. But his targets aren't the right targets. What does it matter? The defense lawyer was doing his job. He tried. Why kill the defense lawyer? Why go and, you know, try to napalm the city hall? What the heck did they have to do with any of this? Obvious attack, if you're going after the lawyer and trying to teach the lawyer a lesson, is actually go after his family somehow. Put that fear into him. No. But he never actually made an attempt there. It, it, he, he wouldn't have. It disconnected. Well, I know not, I know we wouldn't have necessarily gone off. Uh, I'm, no, you're right. It wouldn't have made sense for him to go after the family. It's just some of his targets. Well, it was all about Nick Rice, sense. about Jamie Foxx's character. Yeah. With all, like, the random, like, spook lines and all that, um, it, it could have used a little bit more hand-holding. Because the way, the way that I see that is Gerard Butler's character, Clyde, his only real target was Jamie Foxx's character, Nick. Right. To change the way that he thinks and the way that he applies justice, right. and then push him and elevate him into the position. And this is where I think it needed to be a little flushed out. Okay. The way that I see it is Gerard Butler's character was intentionally making um, Jamie Foxx's character the DA and changing what his sense of justice is. Okay. Okay, that, that can make it fit a little bit better. Because um, he, did, he did straight up say about the sense of justice aspect. Like the, oh good, I've, I've taught you well when it came to the not negotiating anymore near the end there. I didn't see the escalation to the DA part. Um, well, what I think is they yeah. over-explained things that didn't need to be over-explained, and they didn't explain things that should have been explained further. Yeah. And that's, I think that's that dirt disharmonious thing. I think we've tracked it down. Yeah. Because, um, again, all the individual components were fantastic. Yes. Like, I believe Gerard Butler and Jamie Foxx. I even believed Cole Mamini. Yeah. Our, our nice little uh, starship <laughs> <Ryan>. engineer. <laughs> was he still a chief? <laughs> <laughs> no, he was a detective. The, the only, <laughs> there was two things that bugged me that I couldn't put out. Right. Why was Detective Garza, um, who was Detective Dunnigan's partner, mm. why was he the bomb squad? And why were the lawyers performing the police investigations? Oh, I uh, was very much going, why is the, why is a counselor doing this? <laughs> yeah. I, um, that bugged me more than anything else. I was like, I guess like he would have those skills hmm. because he's got to be able to put together these cases and things. Even then you, you throw on top of it. It's like, why isn't he recusing himself in the investigation? Clearly, he's got a personal tie to it. True. Like, there's a bunch of little things, like, and stuff like that. It definitely stood out to me that the counselor was doing the investigation. Um, and I can let the recuse part slip. I'll, I'll hand wave that part. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. But, yeah, like, the just, random detective, uh, like, diffusing a bomb. Yeah. Yeah, that, that was just weird. <laughs> so, okay, okay, so why... Would you say he would have gone after the mayor and the defense lawyer then? The defense lawyer? Yeah. I don't have a great reason, but I think it's... His whole thing is like how, how broken the, the justice system is in such a way that this de defense lawyer, in a case that should be open shut, made his, like, is making his career off of um, getting a, a murderer and rapist free. Isn't that kind of contrary to to when um, uh, Clyde says at least you would have tried if he had went ahead with the charges and have taken the, the deal. Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, that's all the defense lawyer was doing. I mean, he, he's clearly knowledgeable about the law, and, and this part really bothered me when he goes, when he's at the bail hearing. Mm. And 
you know, he successfully argues for bail and then immediately goes, are you crazy? It's like, what is your actual sense of justice here? Like innocent till proven guilty mean anything to you? Like what? I mean, it's. Well, I think, I mean, in, in the context of the movie, I think that was more about him putting it him putting himself in a position that no one could argue that he should be free because they don't have any evidence. Um, I think that was all a show so that he could be like imprisoned to, so they could set his like master plan. What was the need for the show? If you're trying to take this and going, it's like, he's trying to show the holes in the legal system. Mm-hmm. It's like, like that's a tenant that I think is a pretty good one to have. The end is until proven guilt guilty they didn't have any evidence they had strong suspicion essentially it makes it came across very show i can see a lot of people taking a bad message from the film if part of it's supposed to be a legal reform that's getting rid of one of the core tenets of the legal system what's the thing like you can you can assume in that situation i guess you would have to assume the only thing that could pin it all together is if you if you think about it as being a show and the puppeteering of Jamie Foxx's character as him, as him as the center direction so it doesn't have anything to do necessarily with the judge in that circumstance you know what would make make this all fit together so well for me mm. if the bomb was non-functional yes i actually kind of thought that too or like if it turned out and they said something like, oh, the bomb didn't actually have the power to take out the entire floor in the room above it. or Yeah. It was, you know, showy. It might have started a small fire. Because. I actually meant to look that up. Um, continue. It's just, it's a, it's a weird circumstance where I think they had a cool idea and a great script writer and like top tier cast across the board. But then putting it all down on paper and like putting it together with those plot threads and those like cohesive things that stick it all together is where it fell apart. And this is why you have police detectives defusing a bomb. And for some reason, the uh, prosecutor is doing the, like the criminal investigation himself. It almost, uh, I have to look into this because I'm not 100% certain, but I think a lot of legal systems outside of I think I'll get this right because most of the West uses common law. A lot of their places use civil law. I it I feel like there are some places where basically you're guilty until proven innocent and the lawyers do actually investigate as things come up i want to say like the french civil law system is similar to that but don't quote me on that mm-hmm. um, it's been a while since i've seen that <laughs> yeah we definitely would not be the, the people to to understand what uh, legal expertise is yeah it, it's it's one of those things like i i'm sure sh- i am sure i've heard of legal systems where it was more like this film mm. which makes me now that we're talking about it, it makes me wonder is like was the writer or something kurt wimmer yeah he wrote equilibrium and point blank and the 2012 total recall huh? i enjoyed equilibrium it was terrible but i enjoyed it <laughs> gun fu man i wish that had like stayed on yeah ultraviolet was good for that too <laughs> yeah i'm pretty sure there's similar staff tied to this anyway that's beside the point it makes me wonder like i don't think they had any like consultants but like legal consultants you know how like you know in house they you had a team of consultants and writers that writers that were all like doctors and stuff right i almost feel like they didn't have any legal consultants for this film yeah I definitely think that's part of it. I think in any rate, cause there's a lot of things that's right. Like I, I definitely got an almost, um, almost seven type feel from the way the film was mm-hmm. like there, there was definitely like the good cat and mouse aspect that was there. Just, I wish they yeah. played into that more. 
Mm-hmm. What I had remembered about this movie is there was less of a gap. There was sorry, there was more of a gap between them being like, "Who's the accomplice? Who's doing this on the outside?" and that being a major plot thread. It was more of like a mention. Oh, he must have a uh, accomplice on the outside doing all these things. Yeah. Because of how little they kind of emphasize that, it didn't feel like a big surprise when it turned out, oh, he actually like dug a tunnel under where. But again, they did misdirect quite well with them kind of pointing at Sarah because she would appear in all those circumstances where it's like, oh, he's got an accomplice. And then it would be her in the next scene taking a phone call. We're talking Mm -hmm. about a mysterious boyfriend. That misdirection was good. It's just so weird. Again, disharmonious. Um, another question that was raised, would the whole lot have turned out the same? Would he have been as vengeful uh, if it was the other guy who turned in, turned on his partner in crime? I don't No, I don't think he would have been as vengeful Mm. because he, they even showed flashes from Clyde's point of view when he was on the ground. Yeah. And like it kept going back to the other guy who didn't actually do anything aside from like not help and yeah take a candlestick or whatever yeah um so Clyde like Clyde knows everything that went on knows that his wife was killed by the one that got away and it, at least his daughter was taken into the other room and they didn't specify what happened to her except that she died yeah um, which Allows your mind to go to like all the worst places. Um, I'll tell you what though, I believe that anger and like you get, you could see it in his eyes, like specifically after Nick Rice was shaking hands with the guy who got off shows Clyde in the distance, just looking and you can see, and it's like the smallest tinge of going from just confusion and grief into just rage. Yeah. But it like this silent cold. Hmm. It set the tone for sure. Yeah. Oh, for sure. So do you like the fact that it took him like 10 years to actually do any of this? doesn't bother me. All right. I, I feel it neither adds nor takes away. For me, I'm going to like, why though? <laughs> it, it seemed like a, and, and maybe it's just like comparing a lot of other, you know, re- revenge type movies. It's taking that time to, to do it seemed odd to me is like oh, what happens if like you spend all this time planning and you know just something happens to, to one of the guys and you never get any of it done or well especially when his like the guy that killed his wife and daughter um is like in the drug trade and obviously like in the like criminal underworld to some aspect yeah and doesn't seem to be high up on the ladder so is very disposable yeah like could easily Something could have happened to them. I mean, I can suspend my disbelief for that just for setting the stage. Mm. I mean, given his knowledge, I doubt it would take more than a year. Yeah. Give him two, but uh, 10 years after, eh, for it to kind of work, you gotta, for it to be about Nick, you have to allow him to go from being that like semi rookie to being that 10 year hardened guy. I can kind of see that. I think. So I think of a, a couple of examples. So I think of Saw as an example of that when with um, Jigsaw playing with um, is it Wahlberg? Oh, it's all on you. Yeah. I haven't seen any of those. Mm. But he, he does the same thing. Like plays with a cop, and that's Jigsaw's thing. Oh, I'm gonna teach you how to love life properly. And mm. but it's generally not a again not a long wait. I I almost felt like they they did that. And I, I already mentioned this the the idea of attacking the family. It's like, oh, it's almost like you're just waiting for the family to be closer to what Clyde's family was like. <laughs> like, just a bit of... What's the thing, and you do see those moments where Nick understands Clyde's position, especially when talking about um, the the wife and daughter. Yeah. You know that he understood a little bit when he said, you know, I'll end you if you come after, you know, my family. Mm-hmm. Or at the end, like specifically after he gave him the the daddy bracelet, that the the bracelet actually is one thing that I thought could have been interesting. 
This could have been an actual good use of the kitty bracelet. <laughs> oh, that last one was perfectly fine. Good, sir. <laughs> because he's a tinkerer and such like that. I, I almost expected there to be, like, so I didn't know about the holes and such. I almost expected there to be him do something to the bracelet mm. that was giving him giving him some sort of access. Just because, again, playing the mind games, kind of know that it's going to come back to him somehow. Um, I almost thought that was something that was happening. <laughs> it was kind of like fleeting moments of understanding between the two. But I think, I think Clyde, like Gerard Butler's character, is just off in his own world. Like, he set these plans in motion is not going to stop for anything, no matter yeah. how far-fetched the plans were. Well, I did like that. I did like that he's like, technically, Nick could have stopped at any time. Technically, all Nick, if at any point Nick didn't make a deal, almost the entirety of the plan would have uh, would have been done. See, I think I think they should have they should have pushed more into that because mm-hmm. I saw that a little bit too. Because it's all about the deal; it's all about the legal system cracking deals with like low life scum. In this case, a child murder, and I would I would have liked something at the end where he like just spells it out. It's like, you could have stopped this entire thing if you just had not made a deal with me. Yeah. Don't make a deal with murderers. Yep. Because <laughs> they were almost there, like, and they, they had that such a good implication. It makes me hard. It gives it, it makes it hard to fault it because the writing of the lines and the delivery of the lines were always so good. Yeah. Like, it keeps you, like, held on here. So that whole, like, I... I, I don't I don't make deals with murderers and he's like now you're beginning to get it and like that delivery was just so good yeah but okay so th- this goes back to that bit of mixed messaging though I'm saying that that is there around his training his training of Nick as it were it, it's the same thing as as I said where he's doing the bail hearing yeah you're teaching him not to have not to make deals but in two, especially in two of the situations, making the deal, even though it let Clyde move his plan along, would have saved um, the defense lawyer's life and would have saved his entire team's life. So what are you actually doing here? Now it's going, it's like, no, you keep the deal mm-hmm. because that's how you keep your team alive. I think that, yeah, that's where that, that mixed messaging comes in again. Um, it's one of the, one of the things I thought that would have been, um, just playing along that, that with, um, the lawyer, um, suffocating, I honestly expected it to be slightly different than what happened because he gave the, um, he gave GPS coordinates. I'm like, Oh, what if he gives the GPS coordinates eight minutes off? not thinking it's a timer just now it's harder for them to actually find find him mm-hmm. and that's what causes a death right but yeah it's, it still plays with that that mixed messaging of the film what are you actually trying to teach him if he didn't make these deals or if he did make these deals properly the team would have been alive if you had him out at 6 a.m not all of the cars would have blown up or you know you actually had the food there on time you would have had the lawyer alive and they make it very clear to point that stuff out. I mean, you can indicate that based on the implication that they, like the character stated, um, but it's not something that we can assume wholeheartedly is true. As in, okay. they say they find the lawyer and they say, oh, that's, this is hooked up for a timer or whatever. And then they just make an uh, assumption based on that. Had the food been on time, blah, 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 blah. It wasn't an assumption. So they, the, the characters picked up an object and then spelled it out in vivid detail exactly why this person died within 30 seconds of arriving there. No, no, because they showed the timer. If the food had arrived 10 minutes earlier, they would have gotten there 10 minutes earlier and the timer wouldn't have run out, mm. right? They were eight minutes late. Okay. I mean, I'm not really all that worried about it. I'd like to expand into the characters and the delivery. Yeah, all right. And yeah, not let's, keep let's, focusing on the yeah. things over yeah, and over. No, it's all good. I'm trying to move the conversation along. Fine. Then. <laughs> <laughs> I was very, 
You know, I was actually, I shouldn't have been, um, but I was surprised at how comfortable I was with Colmini's acting, because he was always, like, so goofy as O'Brien, and it, when somebody has that kind of, like, very static, very long-running character, mm. it always kind of, like, pollutes your mind as to um, how they're going to be in the piece that you're watching. Mm. But this is very different um, to what he was previously. The only thing that I can think of is, like, I think he was some type of Star Trek. He was some type of war vet or something. I remember he had a like a mean streak for some reason. Especially in DS9. There was a darkness to him. And this kind of reminded me of that kind of feeling. As in, uh, when I first saw him, I was like, oh, it's O'Brien. Like, this character is going to be kind of goofy or whatever. Nope. Not even a tinge of it. Yeah. No detecting either, but that's a plot or a <laughs> writing issue. Yeah, why detect when the lawyer's going to do it for you? <laughs> I know, right? I can definitely get that. I feel like I've seen him in a few other things where he was a bit more serious. So we didn't quite get that that jump. I just can't remember what it was I saw him in. But I think we've had similar discussions when we were watching... There's a couple other movies where we watch where we saw it's like, oh, it's this character, this actor. And them being able to act out of that preconceived notion. Well, I mean, it works so well for comedians. Mm -hmm. But it's always like, it's very refreshing and pleasantly surprising yes. when you have a preconceived mo notion about the character and it's like, doesn't go into that at all. Mm hmm. And most of the supporting casts were, I felt like a familiarity with some of the supporting cast, even though I can't actually place where they were, but never did it take over. Mm. It's like, oh, it's this kid. It's this person. And I'm pretty sure I've seen Leslie Bibb, Sarah's character in something. I just didn't see anything immediately that jumped out to me when I glanced at IMDb earlier. She just like, she looks, like, she looks like that girl from house to me for some reason. Yeah, a bit of that. Uh, but she definitely wasn't house. I think most of the stuff was like some TV episodes. Oh, the babysitter. She was in the babysitter. Ah, she was in. She was in the league with uh, Jonathan mm. Lejoie. Mm. I didn't watch so much of that. Uh, you showed me a little bit of it, but <laughs> first season was really good, and then I kind of fell out. Yeah, all the deliveries, no matter how far fetched the situation, were just like spot on. I think the only the only character that I didn't believe per se was probably the mayor was kind of iffy to me. It was very over the top. She was very like, I'm the mayor in a late 80s movie and I'm sending Sylvester Stallone to go be the bad cop at somebody. Um, she really was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the murderer guy. Yes. It was great. Hmm. But, but I guess... <laughs> uh, apparently, apparently... Originally, they were going to have Fred Butler and Jamie's character, Jamie Fox's character switched. So, like, Jamie was going to be the super smart, like, villain guy. But then someone suggested, like, history says that, like, Jamie suggested it. Some says Gerard does. And then a production thing as well. But essentially, everyone agreed it would be awesome. And then Jamie Fox ended up being this lawyer, which, like, I think it suited well. Yeah, I, th I think. I don't. I don't think I would have believed Gerard Butler as the the lawyer, to be honest. No, I don't think I would either. Jamie Fox, I could go, depending on his delivery, I could see going either way. No, they definitely made the right choice in swapping them. Yeah, Gerard Butler definitely played that kind of um, sociopath, that sociopathic focus on what he was doing so well. He does a good like. Like a quieter character with exposition. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can't. It'd be very hard to picture this move the other way around. <laughs> hmm. I just, I don't know. Every time I, I see his face, I just remember his, him as Dracula from Dracula 2000. And I just like love that movie for some reason. <laughs> and it's not like a Queen of the Dam situation where like the soundtrack is like peak awesome. <laughs> 
Just I really like. <laughs> so bad. <laughs> Come on, man. He was actually Judas the whole time. <laughs> the big scene that I remember from that, I think, is like the whole rice myth and just like instantly counting it. That's badass. Man, early movies, early 2000s movies were weird. <laughs> Islander Endgame was trash. Yes. I'm just I'm throwing that out there. I'm just. Oh, big poop, hot take there. <laughs> pooping on Highlander <laughs> Endgame for no reason. That's what I do. <laughs> oh, yeah, delivery wise, though, like the mayor, it was that felt forced, but it felt forced from the story wise, um, which I think just ties back into the stuff that I've already beaten to death. <laughs> Um, like Sarah's character, believable reaction seemed believable. Again, like she was even up. like Sarah's character at one point, like straight up looked like she was just gonna quit. She was yes. like, "I need to move on from this." Yeah, which like brings you into that trope. It's like you know, I'm totally retiring next week. Yeah, this is <laughs> this is my last case. I both liked it and, of course, groaned a little bit from that. But then again, because like I, I, I didn't remember anything from this movie, so I totally thought they were faking her death because she was the accomplice, yeah. and which I think I would have liked more. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and because the, like there's just so many little things that could have been obstructionist without being obstructionist. Lots of little good could have beens. Yes, like they had Sarah and um and Nick actually had. A, a bit of an interesting conversation and it was something that I almost felt like it might have been like that missed plot line we're talking about like is it all worth it you know i'm i'm 36 like i have dedicated my life to this this is what it's going to be it's kind of like they almost were throwing in that huh maybe you don't need to be always in the work because that parallels very much with with nick's obviously like you know seemingly starting to fall apart relationship with his wife she was very angry at him um juxtaposed with jared butler Adam's character doing all of this because he was close with his family you, you know, know what it was always there it's like uh, yeah i would i would have liked to see a whole lot more of the, like the ju various juxtapositions mm -hmm. um they should have just plainly made it more about nick in general mm -hmm. and ev all his interactions with every everyone forming who he is as a character mm -hmm. so like exploring his re relationship with his wife and juxtapositioning it or juxtaposing it um with what sarah is doing with um because she actually had various boyfriends yeah um like there is no chester anymore was one of the things that yeah saying things like that whereas there was tinges of it in the beginning and hesitation from Nick, but they, his interactions with Clyde should have been all about his, um, him coming to grips with his dissatisfaction of the legal system. Mm -hmm. And then, um, with his, with his mentor would be him coming into, into his own. Yes. So this movie, I think in every way should have just been more about Nick. Hmm. Yeah, I actually almost thought it was going that way. Like, I almost thought, like, I almost could have saw something like, you know, Clyde's getting, Clyde's rest and Nick kind of having similar feelings. Because, again, they hinted at Nick having similar feelings. Mm -hmm. Right? I mean, obviously he cared about his, his prosecution rate, but there was some hesitation around that he didn't feel good about the the other guy getting off or getting the the lesser sentence so there was a lot of that there and i think that's why unfortunately because i made that seven connection mm -hmm. i think that actually could be a big difference right if you treat nick more like um brad pitt's character in seven where it was everything was centered around brad pitt's character and, yeah and his growth and, and his character arcs it's yeah, I think that would have strengthened it. I think it might have actually plugged some of the misgivings I have. 
to the film? Yeah, I think so too. I think so. There was that beautiful, beautiful yet tragic scene of Nick's missed personal life versus um, his experienced work life between his daughter's recital and the execution. Yes. And I think thematically, the movie should have been more related to that juxtaposition, not family to um, life, but what Jamie Foxx's character is experiencing uh, compared to what the people is around him would Mm. be the best way to explain my previous point. Um, Yeah. And I, I agree because I, I look at that scene like, okay, no, this is a really cool, uh, it's a really cool juxtaposition. I, yeah. I, I can't wait to see a bit more of this throughout, but then you didn't. Yeah. Like and in it's... any way. And I think, th- I think that's kind of what I mean by like lots of little good cut of bins. I mean, we both fundamentally disagree the whole like spook angle though badass wasn't really needed and could have been a thrown away throw away from a psych profile from like a uh here's where he applied for the fbi and here's his profile or whatever like they didn't even have to like leave the office to explain that away i guess that's what it is that's it's not actually got a focused thing that this movie is about Mm. we got Gerard running around killing endlessly because of a broken legal system that he wants to take down. Um, I don't know if it's headcanon or if it's the plot at this point that he was trying to reform Nick. You got like these little things about Nick where like he's a fully fledged character, but like, what's this movie about? Yeah. I guess, yeah, that's what I guess that's what I mean. What's this movie about? Oh, it's exactly. I, I think it's why I got so focused on some of those weird inconsistencies at the, at the beginning of the podcast too, because it's like I feel like this is what the movie wants to be about. Yeah, but you're not actually making it about that, or you're making it about that, but you don't understand what you're <laughs> what you're saying. Mm. Which I know we've talked about in other. <laughs> In other things where it's like, yeah, did you know what you were talking about? Or did you just think you knew what you were talking about? <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> it's a 13 year old's view of the legal system. <laughs> uh... <laughs> um, <laughs> Which is um, funny because like when I when I'm sitting here and I fully well don't know much about the legal system except for the fact that in no way should the government be able to shut down a person's access to their own finances without involving the legal system. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and I'm sitting here and I'm like, uh, I don't think you can do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's the big, the big thing with it. And it, it unfortunately permeates through. Well, this go, just goes back to probably no advisors. Yeah. Um, I, I'm kind of holding, holding on with, they had a super cool idea mm-hmm. and got great dialogue writers. Yes. And then just tried to piece it together. Great scene, like scene direction shots, mm-hmm. all really good too. Um, <laughs> how did I you would... like the slow fire across the wall with the ambient uh, music? You know, I, <laughs> I actually, so as a scene, I love like as a shot, I absolutely loved it. Um, I can definitely see that. Like I, I, looking at the director, um, he's done a lot of music videos. Okay. Yeah. And you can tell, like he's had films in between. It's like, this wasn't his first or last film. It's kind of in the middle, but a lot of the stuff is, is music videos. So I sec, wait a sec. Are they making a live action mask movie? Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> Secret <laughs> defenders working overtime. Fight crime. Fight crime. He also did Fate of the Furious. 
Hidden Center card space. Which, yeah, which one's fate? Is that eight? Yeah. Yes, you can tell because it's fate. See? See what they did there? <laughs> Fighting crime! Over time! I'm excited for um, this. But uh, <laughs> So I, I loved that part of the of the ending. Um, it was again one of those things that just jumped out at me. It's like but how did they get there before him to plant the bomb when they were there after him when he left? Oh, they have access to helicopters. Yeah, there's very much a needed to hand wave. And, you know, I just had to raise my suspension just that little bit higher. No, honestly, that, that part didn't bug me at all. I saw that and I'm like, but how did they? And then I'm like, well, they've had several helicopter shots. Yeah. As I said, it was, like, it was a slight suspension of disbelief um <laughs> but it worked for the shot <laughs> and that poetic justice i think i think there's another reason why that bothers me just in the placement of the film now that i think about it mm. uh, there wasn't any like again when i think of seven i think as i'm remembering it there's a a little bit more of that cat and mouse. There's that little bit of, oh, you know, Brad Pitt's character does have the upper hand over over Spacey's character. And you get that feeling a little bit more. Whereas I never had that feeling in this, that that Nick had the upper hand on Clyde. So I think even as a from a from a plot point, it kind of came out of nowhere because never was there any anywhere where it, he seemed like he was closer to, to winning. Well, the, the problem with that, uh, to modify that statement, I guess you could say, is um, I agree, but I, I don't think it was supposed to be cat and mouse, which means it fails in a different way. Mm. Um, they didn't portray the feeling that Nick was helpless, mm. that this is a predestined thing, that he's out of his leg and these events are going to happen no matter what. Yeah. Unless he deals with this Clyde individual. They didn't portray that effectively. Mm. They they didn't elevate it to the point that was expressed in the film. It's like, well, this can be that the, the spook said that, it, you know, if you want to end this right now, you go in that cell and you put a bullet in his head. Yeah. I mean, it probably wouldn't have ended it because of how super smart Clyde is, but... Uh, they didn't push it to that level. Mm. So that tense, like there was no rising tenseness like that. Yeah. And I think that's where the smook, the smook, <laughs> this is where the smook, that's where we, <laughs> we give a FBI agent a big old smooch. Uh, <laughs> that's where the spook part comes out, um, actually hinders the film. Mm -hmm. Because it, draws a line in the sand going like, no, this guy is so much more super smart than you. Um, like you can't do anything about what he's doing. Yeah. Like it takes away that option and hinders the film in that way. And also would hinder the film if it was about the cat and mouse game, mm. because it means that they're, you know, there's only cat, no mouse. Yeah. It's like, it's, yeah, no, that that's, I think that that fits a little better. Cause yeah, there's, it's like the so, you know, so hashtag super smart Clyde is, but can't foresee them finding a property he purchased that gives away the whole thing. And it's like, I feel like you should have had something. <laughs> well, they did. They did have to go through some like back end legal loopholes to even get the information and then. I didn't have a problem with that because there was a whole process that was led up like across the investigation to actually get to that point. It does come down to like the unpaid parking ticket mm -hmm. kind of situation. It's like, how do you catch a serial killer? Oh, because, yeah. because of unpaid parking tickets or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, it gives you more of that feeling, which I appreciated. Mm. In fact, it probably... It probably would have like given me glee if at one point they actually said that. How like how do you catch a serial killer? Mm. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I get the I get the uh, I get the following the money. That part makes sense. It's just like yeah, kind of having what is this movie there. about? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like have something there, or again, 
yeah, you just need to elevate again. You need to make it more about Nick. You need to show how he's getting closer and just missing things or something. Have that build up more because he's always on the he's very clearly always two steps behind. And the only time we feel like he's not is at the instant point where it makes the difference. Well, it's the thing it does. They don't even make him feel like he's two steps behind. They make him feel like he's five steps behind. Mm -hmm. And and Clyde is running while Nick's still walking. Like that's how they make you feel a a lack of cohesion that would have been structured better with um, better plot and uh, at least a 14 year old's understanding of the legal system. Which is, like, such a shame, like, this movie is carried so well by a great concept and great acting. Yeah. You don't even really realize any dissatisfaction dissatisfaction you have with the film until it's over. Oh, yeah. And you go, like, (laughs) hashtag, what is this movie about? Yeah. Honestly, it's like, a lot of the things, like, because I did the same thing as, like, like, as we said. I raised the the suspension of disbelief that Liberal did and was like, yeah, okay, yeah, whatever, for the most part. And it's afterwards, I'm like, but why, Dale? Mm. Again, it's not like it's it's not like it's a film where it's just jangling the keys. Is that there's clearly that structure there? It's just, yeah, a 14 year old's understanding of the legal system and make it a little bit more about Nick. Yeah, I would probably would have would have made all the difference if they ever. Yeah, if they ever remake this film, just like straight about Nick, like less scenes with Clyde altogether. Mm-hmm. Um, except when juxtaposing it against like his discontent with the legal system and his personal gripes professionally. Yeah. Um. Oh, that would have made such an interesting thing. Way to look at it. Yeah. Sorry, I cut you off. <laughs> um, like he's he does a thing because this is how he thinks the system works and how he thinks he's effective, but he doesn't like the fact that it's not really justice that's being given because yeah. they are making deals with murderers. So that juxtaposition where like they they did it decent with Sarah and his wife. Mm-hmm. Like her, her grips with like her life path, path, a lack of family and her direction and his like disconnect, his family's discontent with his position. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, cause you know, there'd be such an interesting, you'd give such better, you'd give such better attention to the character in the film overall. If you have Nick knowing he has to deal with Clyde has to make these deals with Clyde to move things along, but be opposed, but like, you know, he's opposed to it, but what are you supposed to do? You need to save this lawyer's life. You need to, you need to get this information. Well, and they should have, and like to add to that, like they should have shown the out at the end. Mm -hmm. It's like, even if it was a line, like, like those people would have, those people would have survived if you didn't even if you didn't make the deal. Yeah, yeah. And the like way that. the way that they, yeah, ah, it's so funny. Like we talk so negatively about the film, but it's like I actually you know what I truly enjoyed this film, um, except for like the sawing off the leg part, which it's not like I'm not cool with that kind of gore. Mm. Um. This righteous, cold rage that he was feeling was expressed well in that. Especially, like, with the mirror and the little picture of his family on the mirror. Yeah. But, like, the actual song, I'm not, like, that's super cool with gore. gore. My, my, I'm more of a thriller guy than a horror guy. I like, um, or rather, rather than a gore guy. I like a film that makes you question how far you could go as a human mm-hmm. um, and pushes that envelope makes you feel really uncomfortable in that way that's like that thriller horror kind of feeling that's mine. yeah yeah um, and then i feel effed up for like an entire week <laughs> <laughs> i mean 
I guess saying all that, I would say in a court of law, I'd see eight of 12 jurors indicating not guilty. Yeah. I, despite everything I said, it was definitely, it was definitely enjoyable. Like it wasn't plot holes or anything like that. Like the story in itself, in and of itself is fairly consistent. Um, I'd probably say seven. Mm. Still, still a hung jury, but <laughs> feels like a one-way bridge. Mm. It works, yeah, but it's definitely not the most effective when you have two highways that feed into it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just it's this movie is hard carried. Yeah, the music, sound design, special effects, definitely the acting, and the dialogue writing. It's it's kind of like making a kitchen chair with three legs. Mm. It works. Yeah, it works. <laughs> but... <laughs> yeah, it, it is. Yeah, like I, I feel like a lot of the movies we've a lot of the movies we've talked about, where it's like that. You're so close. <laughs> oh, it was so close too. Well, I said when I suggested this movie, like I didn't even know if I liked it or not. Mm. Just that I saw it. And it had a tone to it. Yeah. <laughs> it definitely has a tone to it. There is one. Oh, there was one line that I really liked. It's where he indicated that the legal system was a diseased, corrupt temple and that it's going to be biblical. Mm. Uh, it was an out of place line because there was no real other structure with that kind of symbolism in it. Yeah. But it was a cool line. It was a cool line. I also appreciate how the cars weren't bullet. The car wasn't bulletproof. So many times it's like, oh, we'll just hide behind a door. No, no, you won't. Well, especially maybe like, you'll hide behind the engine block. <laughs> well, that was also like seemed to be a fairly high caliber caliber weapon. Yeah, yeah, it was cool. It was just like a whole lot of like not in an action movie sense, but in a crime drama sense, where it's like, guys, know what would be cool. <laughs> like if if they put the bomb in the cell and it's solitary and all the machinations just came to a T, but in reverse against against our <laughs> is he a hero? Is he not? You don't know. <laughs> I'm just upset that people won't see the visual. <laughs> you know, I was head bobbing and hand gesturing. <laughs> It's you know what they saw it. They closed their eyes and they knew exactly yeah. what I was doing. <laughs> there's there's only one set of movements that can accompany what I said and how I said it. That is fair. They won't see my goofy hair though. All right, I'm gonna get. Do you have anything to say? Do you have anything to say for yourself, sir? I think I think I'm good. <laughs> good, because I don't make deals with murderers. <laughs> with that this has been beardy and the beast media club join us next time where we discuss the film perfect blue as always if you like what we do uh, please like subscribe or join the discussion in the comments or at our discord later <laughs>